Hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with us and M. What's up, everybody? Hey. Been a minute. What's up? Still doing the show. Just acting like it's not been a minute. Hi, Matt. <laughs> Just use it on in. <laughs> Don't act like we have one listener. The whole reason. Oh, we, we've had we've had one listener who's kind of like, what the fuck? Where you been? Ruining my Mondays. But we've had a lot of downloads. So we've had a lot of downloads. We've had a lot no of downloads. We've had a lot of people listening. So what is up, people who listen? It's a pretty good podcast. I listen to some other podcasts that are very popular. Actually, I shouldn't say I listen to. I listen to some samples just a little bit here and there because they were so fucking terrible. I just turned them off. I'm not going to name them because I don't want to be that much of an asshole. But yeah, the, some of these really popular podcasts are that are comedy under the comedy banner. Holy shit, are they bad? You know how I feel about comedy that doesn't make me laugh. Yeah. You may remember my reaction to certain comedies. I just one walked time, the fuck out and demand my money back. <laughs> Ghostbusters, Ladybusters, he went in there and was like, give me my money back. I'm not subjecting my family to this. And Mason was like, we should leave. Mason was seriously like, we should leave. I think I actually said that to the guy. I don't want to subject my family to this. You did. You said that. Yeah. Yeah. It was that bad. And I was yeah. dead serious. I wasn't trying to be funny. That was dead fucking serious. That movie was fucking atrocious. And the guy was like, here's your money. Please go away. But again, that, that just applies to anything that's trying to be funny that is not making me laugh. Like, I tried to watch the new Muppets show. It's called Muppets Now on Disney+. Plus. I fucking love the Muppets, right? I covered the Muppets. You do love the Muppets. I fucking love the Muppets. Show was not making me laugh. I, had turned, I couldn't even finish the first episode. That sucks. Yeah. I hate that. I hate yeah. it when you want to like something. Now, they had that ABC show a couple years ago that was actually funny, but it got canceled because other people didn't think it was funny. That's normally a good indicator of what's funny. Yeah. When other people well, don't think it's funny. Well, it was like the other funny. day when I discovered that there are YouTube videos yeah. with 32 million plus views. I had no idea. I thought people getting a million views was a lot. I, <laughs> I Yeah, I had no idea. And then I got I had a bunch of my friends tell me, oh, that's... That is the kids YouTube market. And I was right. like, well, I'm about to start making kids well, YouTube videos. The reason, though, is because parents don't love their children, as we found out through this homeschooling thing through the pandemic. <laughs> right. Everybody's like, is I just want nobody, to get my kid out of here. Nobody wants their kids at home. People want to send their kids back. It's not safe enough to be open so that we can vote, but it's safe enough to send our children back in the schools so what people do is they put their kids in front of their tv and they let the tv educate them i can say this because i've raised two children yeah so i can now berate other parents this is not my right <laughs> well, now it's not really the tv it's a tablet or a phone or right whatever. so people just let their kids watch youtube yeah. videos i'm not here to shame those people i'm here to get money no, i i, I also did money. this just not with youtube I did this with the Wiggles. <laughs> Wiggles and SpongeBob. And SpongeBob. And yeah. yeah, I did this as well, just not with YouTube. Right. Now, YouTube is, when I was talking to Steve about it, I was like, dude, this is, imagine if as a kid in the nine, in the 80s and 90s, there was, because this was before you had Cartoon Network even, but imagine if there was a channel that just played Ninja Turtles and He-Man and Ghostbusters and Cartoon. That's basically YouTube. It's just every day. You just watch whatever you want. Yeah. Whenever you want. And I want in on it. Like, I'm going to start a children's YouTube channel. I'm going to borrow or rent children. Yeah, that's not horrifying. So, well, you know, there's all these conspiracy theories about... You do about, have very beautiful hands. You think I could just shave my knuckles and do you, a YouTube... Uh, you do have like the, gorgeous hands. And be like, 
if you follow me on Instagram, you'd have to go like right now because it's a 24 hour story. But I have a I have a picture of his hands on my Instagram stories right now. They're really they're beautiful hands. He's like George Costanza. Like he's got the Costanza hands. He's got beautiful. You should be a hand model. They're just they're stunning hands. I'm going to get in there. You know, get what, I, don't, I have no idea what, what toys children are playing with these days. I know it's not, I mean, I guess there's probably, you know, Star Wars toys, little, I've seen some of that. Are they yeah. playing with pound puppies? Yeah, Polly Pocket? I like, got, I don't know. I got the new Darth Vader figure, and I'm going to make him fight my little pony. And, like, that's what I understand the videos are, basically. That's what Steve told me, that it's like you see a children's hands, and they're playing with the toy, and they're, like, narrating, or what? I don't know if they're narrating. I might be making that assumption. Have you ever seen kids play, though? I remember playing. Yeah. But little kids like watching other kids play. And then they try to emulate what the kid is doing on screen. And I was like, man, imagination has sunk really far. We used to try to emulate movies and TV. Now kids are just like, let's I emulate what the kid is doing. My own stories. That's what, I didn't well, that's emulate what I mean. anything. I was just like, well, you'd have that, but you'd have here's the characters a story from the movie. I created from my head. And now kids are like, well, I just want to do what the kid on YouTube with 160 bazillion fucking views is doing. What? Genius parent put that out there, started that shit. We should yeah. cover that person. Let's be friends with them. Yeah. Let's like let's let's do that. But I felt the same way when when video game streaming took off. I was just like, who who the fuck wants to watch somebody play games? You remember going to your friend's house and you were always like, It's my turn. Give me the controller. It wasn't I'll just <laughs> you know what I mean? You didn't want to just watch the person play. You wanted Dude, to play. There are people out there though who like there are girlfriends and wives out there who like watching their spouse play video games mm. or their significant other play. They're like, no, no, I'm good. I'll just watch you play. I don't know who that is, but I've I've seen I've seen it. I've seen it like when we've been with other couples. I've seen people be like, I'm good. Yeah, no. That's and not I'm me. just like, well, I'm bored, so right. I'm going to do something play. else. And like, I don't always want to play. I just don't want to watch you play. Right. That's boring because I'm not using any part of my mind to do to do anything. Yeah. And video game stories are, are pretty fucking awful. I skip cutscenes when I'm the one playing. Yeah. Like, I don't I certainly don't want to watch you play. Yeah. And if I do watch you play, I heckle you the entire time. You do heckle me. So that is the only reason I watch someone play. It's like the one part of the arcade experience I don't miss that you managed to bring home for me, which is the heckling. That's the only you suck, bro. God damn. That's the only like, so you don't want to, you don't want to hit that guy. Is that guy? No, that's you. Is he like your pet? Does he come with you? Because you don't seem to be killing him. Like that's the only thing that I do like about watching someone play is the heckling. Yes, yes, that's what you do. So I don't understand what's in it for the viewer. Because yeah, I, I don't get that at all. I I will go and watch and, and get an idea of what the game is like to determine if, I, if it's a game I'm on, on the fence about. I don't right. know if I want, I'll like determine, okay, does this gameplay look good? Yeah. Okay, that's All fair. that kind of stuff. So, But people will watch. Or a walkthrough. Like, I can see that, too. Right, you need help. I mean, if when you you're need stuck to understand in, on a puzzle or how to get through a level. Yeah. How do you beat this that's boss? That's fine. But people do these long plays. They'll play through an entire 40-hour game, and people will watch this I don't get it, dude. as if it's I entertaining. It. I don't get it. But again, it's got to be kids, though. It's got to be kids who can't, they don't have the option to buy, spend $60 every time a game comes out. It's the only I, thing I can figure. Or, and then they're liars. So then they like to watch it all the way through, and then they can go to their friends and be like, yeah, I got stuck on that one part because <laughs> they're liars. 
I feel like kids in general, they'll just watch, though. They don't even feel the need to lie about that. It's okay to just watch somebody play a game and they feel like they had that experience. It's weird. It's foreign to me. I don't understand that. I don't get that. that. I like to reference big every time I say that. So that's why I say <laughs> I it. I don't get it. I don't get if it. You don't, if you don't know why I say it like that, it's from the movie, the smash, Blockbuster Smash, which really wasn't a Blockbuster Smash. It only got up to, like, number four or five, but... Yeah, big. That, that's that's a big deal for a, a light comedy, I think. Oh, when did it come out? 90 or 84? 88, 89. I'm thinking around there. Hmm. 88 or 89 would be my guess. 88, and it actually got up to number four, so I am lying. It was a smash. It was a huge hit. Yeah. So it you know, was... I, I didn't see that movie until Steve rented it. Or Steve's family rented it, but I remember getting my hair cut at a barber shop in Akron, and I didn't realize this at the time, but the barber was hitting on my mom, and he basically explained the entire plot of Big Tour while he was cutting my hair. Yeah, that's all. That is not a. Good I was just engrossed up. in the plot of Big because that's I couldn't see movies. Up. That's not a good pickup. Yeah, I don't. Strategy. I don't know. And uh, yeah, he uh, was just going over Big. I was like, oh, I want to see this movie, and we left, and my mom was like, "Yeah, we're not going to the movies to see that." You know what else came out that year? Scrooged. And you know that Scrooged only hit number 15 on the on the fucking box office chart? Yeah, I don't remember that being a big hit. Great Outdoors came out that year as well. Only mm. hit number 22. That was not, I couldn't even get through that movie. That was one of those movies that was I could tell when I was supposed to be laughing and I just wasn't. Maybe if I had seen it back then. Lips and assholes. Yeah, I don't, the, it's, not, it's not really all that funny. It's, it's not. So 1988. Box up. So this is something that I've Sean knows this. I'm telling you, listener, something that I suddenly discovered today was typing in box office and then the year and then looking at movies. Box office mojo. I go to that website a lot. That's where I am right now. Figured. So Who Framed Roger Rabbit was number one for 88. Coming to America was number two. Love that movie. It was a different time back then. Yeah, you could have these were the like these were the movies. You had comedies that were number one hit movies for the year that made more money than any other movie. Good Morning Vietnam was number three, which, which I you have haven't not seen. seen. I just found out, listener, so we're going to rectify that. Big was number four. Crocodile Dundee number two was number I, five. I've never seen a Crocodile Dundee movie. I've seen number one. But Three Men and a Baby was number six. Never saw that either. And Die Hard was number seven. I remember the first time I saw Die Hard. Beetlejuice was number ten. I remember the first time I saw Beetlejuice. It was in the same window that I saw Die Hard in because I found a neighbor who had recorded a bunch of stuff. I was, there's always na- I was getting in good with all the neighbors. And, you know, like nowadays people would be like, oh, no, you don't just go to neighbor's house. And that's not good as a child, right? 88 was a good year for movies. Yeah. But the, this guy, it was, it was a man and a woman. And they had an in-ground pool, which is really rare in Akron. So, yeah. Uh, finally got to go swimming in that. We Anyway, uh a big privacy fence around it um but yeah oh uh, three men and a baby was number one in 87 he recorded all these movies off of one of the movie channels and i watched die hard i watched bill and ted's excellent adventure i watched predator and I, what was the other one you mentioned that i said i saw in that same window who framed roger Rabbit? no coming com- no coming to america no crocodile no you haven't seen that I don't know. I'm not on that list anymore. Oh, come on. There was another movie. I, I just sat there and vegged out for like a day and a half at this dude's house. 
putting movie after juice. Beetlejuice. That was the other one. There you go. What about Cocktail? What about Moonstruck? No, I, I did see Cocktail years later. I never saw Moonstruck. Yeah, it's uh, 88 was a year, man. That was late 80s, mid to late 80s. That's when the movies like chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah, like they were they were right. ripe. So today we saw you know why this started is today we watched City Slickers and City Slickers came out in 91. So I saw it around that time. I probably saw it when I was 11 or 12. And it hit different then. <laughs> the midlife crisis, age 39. So, so Billy Crystal's 39 in that. And I saw it on home video. I didn't see it in theaters. So that's why I saw it later because it came out when I was like 10. I saw it years later. And my parents would have been my mom really would have, wouldn't have even been 30 yet, realistically. But like, you know, they, they saw it years later now here at 39, which is my current age. Same age as Billy Crystal's character. Man, that shit slaps different <laughs> when you're the same age as the characters going through it. Yeah. I would definitely come home with a calf. <laughs> I, it's just it just hits different, man. I, so that's one of those movies. Well, when I put it on, you laughed at me. Yeah. When I put it on, I was like, this is stupid. This is my parents movie. This is dumb. So and I a had movie it. for old people. And then I watched it. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> So I saw that probably the year after it came out or whenever it, it around that time within the year. So this was when my mom actually we got a TV when Terminator 2 came out on pay-per-view, basically. So probably close to a year after it came out in the theater. So I'm guessing 92 ish, late 91, early 92, somewhere, somewhere around in there. And this was on pay-per-view and we rented it. And so this is one of the few fond memories I have of my mom as she rented this movie on pay-per-view. We both liked it, and then it was it was on HBO later, not not too long after that. And then I remember recording it, and I watched it a, a bunch of times as a kid. I liked it; I thought it was funny. I liked the way Billy Crystal said "hello." I liked I liked Billy Crystal as a kid. Yeah. Like, I always liked Billy Crystal. And today I went to take a nap, and I put it. I just was like, "Oh, I'll put this on. It's on Hulu." Sean I seen has this in a way years. of putting on things that he knows I'll like when he takes naps because he knows I'm. Super, I have no, what's the word I'm looking for? Not Willpower. Sure. <laughs> and I will just sit here and watch it. Not so. every time. If I had put on Spider-Man 2 again or something. Oh, no, I would have gotten up. I finally am sitting <laughs> at my desk and working again. I just started that in the last day or two, and I would have, I would have been gone. But yeah, I, I remember like that movie. I haven't seen it in 28 years or whatever. Yeah, and when I woke up, you were like, this movie is... 29 years old or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you just kept saying that. It's 29 years old, John. It's like, 29 yeah. years old. And it hits different at 29 years old. But because it's a Western, you don't feel that 29 years as much as you would. The only thing you really feel is that no cell phone. Yeah. But otherwise, you don't really feel 29 years like you would normally because normally if it's set in like a modern area. Yeah. It'd be a lot different. But yeah. It's out in the because it's out with a bunch of cows and it's a cowboy setting it's not you don't a, feel it it's a solid flick though and it was a huge hit that was it that was that's what made you look it up but i was telling you i was like this was a huge hit yeah you, you don't have huge hits like this now where it's some 
comedy, some middle-aged comedy is yeah. never in the some top 10 at the end like, of the year, typically. Like, making peace with your past and, like, accepting where you are in life and, like, whatever. Right. Like, you don't... That's not, that's not a huge hit <laughs> those now. Aren't the, those aren't the big movies now. That's not like, oh, yeah, the top of the box office. Like I now. really do want to do some sort of in-depth investigation into why and how the box office has changed. Uh, aside Outside of COVID, obviously, I'm... I'm talking just if if things were normal, uh, what really changed? My my theory on that is, uh, so you, you did have monster hits. Like you looked up the year you were born, right? Ooh, bad, bad. And Superman two was the number one movie that year. Garbage. So we Garbage already movie. had, and obviously we had Star Wars prior to that. Jaws is what's known as like what set off like the whole blockbuster era. We had those big hits. So you had sci fi stuff, horror. Uh, and Superman comic book stuff already as early as, you know, late 70s, early 80s. And but you still had room for a lot of these other movies. Yeah. Like number two, of the year I was born was Stripes. Right. Comedy. Just a low an, budget an comedy. Amazing fucking movie. So. But the whole gross was like 85 million. And people still like comedies. I don't think people like comedies any less. However, it was 85 million opening to only a thousand theaters. Well, back then, too, we had less theaters. Well, but you have to realize Superman 2 did 180 or 108 million opening to almost 1900 theaters. Hmm. So when you look at the numbers. Yeah. Stripes actually did better. Like on a per theater basis. On a per theater basis. You can't look at it like that. Yeah, thanks, Trump. That's all Trump would say. You can't do that. You can't look you at can't, it like that. You can't do math how you, you want to do math. Right. Like you, you can't can. look at numbers and then tell me something different. Uh, but yeah, on a per theater basis, it yeah apparently it did better. Yeah, and it probably did better profit wise too because it was cheaper to make. Right. But anyway, uh, just talking overall box office here. But again, <laughs> just, just you want you just want to talk about box office instead of our topics. I this would week? love. I could talk about box office all fucking day. You know that. Nah, just, I don't <laughs> you know how, you know I am. I have a murder. But anyway, to get back to what I was saying, which is that we we had we had a lot more variety at the movie theater. And not only do we have that variety, but those other movies did well. They could compete with like an Avengers level movie. Yeah. You know, you could have Avengers Endgame and then your your next movie could end up being Stripes, (laughs) you know, that. But nowadays, (laughs) I just think it really just comes down to how the movie theaters have raised prices so much that now you this because this is how I go look at it for a comedy anymore like right. I don't want to go for it's a comedy it's too expensive it's like, like well I'll just wait that movie that's on Hulu Palm Springs yeah I wouldn't go to the theater to see that and that's a good movie but I enjoyed it's a seeing solid it flick. it's a I fun flick I enjoyed watching it it yeah. was it was worth the time that I spent on it right like but I wouldn't go to the theater to watch it but back then it was a lot cheaper and what was the other thing I was going to say like um, I watched, we watched Knives Out, but I'm glad we didn't go to the theater to watch it. Like Knives Out was an enjoyable movie. Yeah. I'm glad we watched it when it was like out. However, we watched it. I right. think we even rented it. Yeah. For like five bucks or six bucks or whatever. Right. It was worth that cost to me. It's not worth a theater cost. No. And I'm sure it didn't do great in theaters. I think like, it did for its budget. I think it did well. But for okay, overall but, end of the year, no, it's no, not up there. That's with, what I'm, that's with the what I'm talking about. Did, no. it, did it do great? Right. And the no. overall, no. And again, I think that's and I think a lot of people blame the Marvel movies or superhero movies or big budget blockbusters, whatever the hell you want to call them, 
But if, like, just speaking for my own personal experience, I don't want to go out and spend $30 on two people. And, you know, you don't have to get popcorn and drinks, but you're probably going to get something. Mostly you don't have to. But you still are looking at spending like twenty bucks well, even minimum if you for bring, two people. Even if you bring in your own water or whatever. Yeah. Like it's still it's still twenty a bucks fucking thing. to go to the theater and and uh it's, and even it's just before overpriced. COVID, you still had that risk of bed bugs. Yeah. So But I I think it's the the price gouging at the theaters. Because you do you want a drink? I don't wanna have to carry, you know, smuggle in a fucking Gatorade or whatever. I want to be able to just go in and buy a drink for two or three dollars. Mark it up to three bucks. No big deal. Six dollars. What the fuck is wrong with you? You get right. a polar pop for like fifty nine cents. <laughs> how, right. how do you justify this? This makes no sense. Yeah, it's that's insane. And I feel like that's that's what has shifted people's movie going, though, is because because the concessions and everything cost so much and the popcorn and the theaters looking at it is like, well, we got to make profit. We don't make a lot of money off the movies. We make all our money off concessions. But you'd have more people buying concessions and possibly more people coming to the theater if your concessions cost less in theoretically. But also, how do you not make that much money off the movies when you're charging 10 bucks a ticket? Yeah. In well, the I middle don't, of the day. I don't know what the take is. I don't know how that balances out between the studios versus the theaters. I know the theaters get less, but I don't know if they're getting 10 percent, 20 percent, 5 percent. No idea what what they get from. Showing the movie. Okay, then, then fucking shut theaters down. Well, yeah, they did that. No, forever. <laughs> no, forever. Like, uh, no, theaters they, are dead. They just need to go back to reasonably priced concessions. And these dollar theaters seem to be doing okay. Right. And they're char- they're not charging out the ass. We have a theater here in Brunswick that's not even a dollar theater. But they just want to triangulate our position and come to our house. <laughs> they, but, and there's, I'm sure there's other theaters like this where they play newer movies they yeah. don't charge as much as the big chains. They don't charge nearly as much and for concessions. It's not that nice inside. And they thrive. They, they do, do okay. Fine. And they do like carry out concessions too. Like during all of this where they can't do what they normally do. Yeah. They offer like carry out deals on concessions. We can go and get movie popcorn for nights at home and like stuff like that. Like how fun is that? That's an, that's. Yeah. Smart marketing. No popcorn tastes like movie theater popcorn, no matter right. how you make so it if at home. Have, I've tried. So if you're doing a, a, you know, backyard movie night, which is super popular around here right now in summer, then you go there, you get a whole thing of their popcorn, and they have their nachos and their pretzels and their all oh, that I stuff. Oh, I love that shitty nacho cheese. Yeah. And you can go and you pick up a bunch of that. You go sit in your backyard, get eaten alive by mosquitoes, you end up <laughs> with some West Nile virus, and you die from that instead of COVID. Yay. But you did it with your popcorn. Right. So... That's fun. I hate the outdoors. <laughs> so, anyway. So you want to do your topic? We're going to do like a real podcast, guys. Yeah, guys. I did like, I did research. I did research, you guys. Are you so excited? You guys so excited. You missed us so much. So, yeah. Housekeeping. Since we haven't done that in a long time. Yeah, go ahead. Here's some housekeeping. We haven't updated anything in forever. So we haven't been collecting from Patreon because we haven't been doing it. Right. So we've shut that down because we haven't done it. So when we get to doing that, we'll sort that back up and then you'll all be invited. Um, We haven't updated the website because (laughs) we've been busy. I've also been sick. So I'm finally better. 
thought housekeeping was just like, hey, subscribe. <laughs> no, that's what I'm, I'm just telling you where to go, but not normally where I would tell you to go. You can't go. I would because. say subscribe so, on whatever podcast so app you use. Subscribe to our podcast on your normal podcast places and follow us on Instagram if you want. Or fa Facebook's good. No. I nobody. post stuff on Facebook. Sean posts stuff on Facebook, I guess. Very sporadically anymore, but I do. I don't know. You'll never see it because Facebook uh, pages are dead, as you probably know if you do any kind of marketing. I do. But Sean does post memes there, so, like, it's kind of funny. Um, but Instagram's better for everybody involved. I don't update that, though, so that's, but that's fine. So follow Sean's personal Instagram at evilgenius, E-V-O-L genius. Yes. Or me at Maggie D, like Diane Isley. And uh, we update there all the time, so you can still find us. All right, that's housekeeping. Good job. Anything else before we get into topics? Topics, topics, topics? I don't think so. All right, topics. I am doing a pet topic of mine. You're doing a topic about pets? No. Oh, that would be a nice change. Unless it involved pet murder. <laughs> if it involved pet murder, I would need to be committed. So before cereal and making a murderer... What are those? There. You don't know what cereal is? Oh, the podcast? You don't know what Making a Murderer is? I don't know what that is. That sounds it's like... It's on a Netflix. Oh, okay. What is that? It sounded it like a game show. <laughs> <laughs> making a Murderer. What do you need? <laughs> Shitty childhood. <laughs> it's like, what, what else do it's you like need? Yeah, it's kind of like... Poor education. It's like the newlywed game. But it's like, no. No, so Making a Murderer... Abusive parents. Was like... It's like cereal, but for a different case. And then they followed this dude whose name I don't remember anymore. And they followed like his interrogation and his interviews and oh, okay. like his case and his trial. So that's how far removed I am from this murder stuff. You because really are. I don't like murder. I will never understand why women like murder. So I don't get it. So cereal, I think cereal came first. I don't remember. Crowley's trying to reclaim his spot here, so I gotta but, move Sam. Like making a murderer really made the uh, Netflix genre of it of the docu series, and obviously serial made the. You laid sorry. Sam down, and Sam just laid there. He stared up at you, after he growled into the microphone, because Crowley's like, "I get to sit on Dad." He's like, "I'm Alpha. I get the best spots." Sorry, Sam. So before all of that, there was the West Memphis Three. I remember hearing about them. Yes. Henry Rollins and uh, Eddie Vedder talked about them a lot. So Especially this, Eddie Vedder. This was a pet case of mine. Because. When you were a detective. You used to have that trench coat, I remember. <laughs> yeah, I used to have. And I had a monocle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a monocle. <laughs> and a monocle and a pipe. <laughs> like that, was, that was my look. So we watched this, the 1996 HBO docu documentary, Paradise Lost, the child murders of, in uh, Robin Hood Hills. Who we? In my sociology class. Oh, okay. So it would have been me and my classmates and my teacher. So this definitely fueled my passion. For I mean, murder. obviously, well, it started when, you know, episode one is behind a paywall on Patreon, so you have no way of accessing it now, listener. But it started when I went to that unburying of the murders of the cult. Yeah. In childhood. The exhuming would, or whatever. Yeah. 
So it started with that, but it didn't help when my sociology teacher in high school was like, let's talk about this. Watch yeah. this. So on May 5th, if, for those not familiar, we're going to talk about this case. On May 5th, 1993, three eight-year-old boys, Steve Branch, Michael Moore, no relation, and Christopher Byers were reported m missing in West Memphis, Arkansas. The first report to police was made by Byers' adoptive father, John Mark Byers, around 7 p.m. The boys were allegedly last seen together by three neighbors who, who in affidavits, told of seeing them play together around 6.30 p.m. the evening they disappeared. And seeing Terry Hobbs, Steve Branch's stepfather, calling them home. Okay. Okay. So initial police searches made that night were very limited. Friends and neighbors also conducted a search that night, which included a cursory visit to the location where the bodies were later found. A more thorough police search for the children began around 8 a.m. on May 6th, led by the county um, search and rescue personnel and searchers canvassed all of West Memphis, but primarily focused on the Robin Hood Hills where the boys were reported last seen. Makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah. Despite the shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder search of the Robin Hood Hills by a human chain, search searchers found no signs of the missing boys. Around 1.45 p.m. I feel like I know this case, like, almost inside and out. Me too. Uh, so I have questions, but they have to do with stuff that happens later, I guess. All right. There's stuff I don't remember. Okay. So I will speed this part along. Okay, good. So 1.45 p.m., this this patrol officer finds a black shoe find, floating in the canal. I think everybody knows that these kids are dead. Which leads to uncovering the bodies. Yeah. All How right. old are these kids? Eight. They're all eight years They're old. They're all three or eight. So they find the bodies... This part matters, though. So all their clothes are are off. They have been hogtied with their shoelaces. Their right ankles tied to their right wrists behind their back, and they're same with their left. And their clothes were tied around sticks and then pushed into the mud mm. over to the side of the bank of the creek where they were found. And Christopher Byers had lacerations around various part of his bodies and his uh, junk was all mutilated. Ugh. All right. This is there unnecessary details? No, it's not. It comes into play later. That's okay. why I wanted to tell you. So moving on. I don't like your topics. Well, I said moving on. I skipped a bunch so that way we could move on. Podcast is over. It just started back up. <laughs> Done with it. It's gross. So the autopsies indicated that Byers died of multiple injuries, whereas Moore and Branch died of injuries with drowning. Okay. So Byers was already dead. The other ones, you know. Panice. Panice. Police initially suspected the boys had been raped. However, they found out that the jizz that they found not in the boys over to the side in the clothes. Okay. 
later on they determined that the uh, the junk injuries mm-hmm. were most likely made by animals post-mortem. Oh, okay. All right. So moving moving on even further. Police officers James Sudbury and Steve Jones felt that the crime had cult overtones. Okay. All right. And then teenager Damien Eccles might be a suspect because he had interest in the occult. And wait, wait for it. Jones felt that Eccles was capable of murdering children. He was quoted as saying, and I don't have the quote here, but he was quoted as saying he finally murdered someone. Let's wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> this Here's is, a this is one more. of those hometown boys who see somebody dressed in black and they're just like, yes. oh, he's a Satanist murderer. Yep. So... Here's a little more on Damien Eccles as well as Jason Baldwin and Jesse Miss Kelly. So I, I feel like everyone's a little familiar with this case. I would think so. I hope so. So Jesse Miss Kelly was 17 years old. Jason Baldwin was 16 and Damien Eccles was 18. Baldwin and Eccles had previously been arrested. So this is these are the these are the ones who they think finally they killed someone. Right. They were previously arre- arrested for vandalism and shoplifting. Okay. Yeah, that's next up murder. Next up. And Miss Kelly had a reputation for his temper and for engaging in fist fights with other teenagers at school. So Miss Kelly and Eccles had dropped out of school. However, Baldwin had had earned high grades. And had a very. Like developed talent for drawing and sketching and was looking to study graphic design in college. Eccles and Baldwin were close friends, bonded over um, similar tastes in fashion and fiction. Nope, I read that wrong. Music and fiction, not fashion. <laughs> that was like, boys bonding over fashion, not common. <laughs> Music. Oh, you wore pants today, so did I. Cool. Oh, you put on a shirt? That's <laughs> weird. Friends. I normally do that. Sometimes I don't. I like to wear black, too. Mm-hmm. With their shared distaste of the prevailing cultural climate of West Memphis, because it was West Memphis, remember, is the Bible Belt. Yeah. I mean, West Memphis, I lived, right? Yeah. I lived in Memphis, which yeah. is, yeah, you know, <laughs> east of there. <laughs> so Baldwin and Eccles were acquainted with Miss Kelly from school, but they were not friends with him. So they knew him, but they weren't like, yeah, like, let's kick it. So Eccles' family was poor and received frequent visits from social workers, and he rarely attended school. He and a girlfriend had run off and later broken into a trailer during a rainstorm, but only he was arrested and charged with burglary. Eccles spent several months in a mental institution in Arkansas and afterwards received full disability status from Social Security Administration. Hmm. It wasn't very bright, is what I'm... Getting, guessing. Well, Eccles had had mental um, illness and delusions of grandeur is what he was. Oh, okay. So he's not the one that wasn't right. I will oh, okay. tell you. He was, he was just mentally ill. Um, when police interviewed Eccles on May 7th, two days after the bodies were discovered, and during a polygraph examination, he denied involvement. The polygraph examiner claimed that Eccles' chart indicated deception and on May 7th during a formal interview by Detective Bryn Ridge Eccles mentioned that one of the victims had wounds to the genitals and law enforcement viewed this as incrimination 
After a month had passed with little progress on the case, police continued to focus their investigation on Eccles, interrogating him more frequently than any other person. Nonetheless, they claimed he was not regarded as a person of interest or he was not regarded as a suspect, but rather a source of information. Okay. But then on June 3rd, police interrogated Jesse Miss Kelly. And despite his IQ of 72, categorizing him as borderline intellectually functioning and his status as a minor, he was questioned alone. His parents were not present during interrogation. Miss Kelly's father gave permission for him to go alone with the police, but did not give permission for him to be questioned or interrogated. Miss Kelly was questioned for 12 hours. Jesus. Only two segments questioning a total of 46 minutes were recorded. Wow. Miss Kelly quickly recanted his confession, citing intimidation, coercion, fatigue, and veiled threats from police. Miss Kelly specifically said he was scared of the police during his confession. I bet. Yeah. Though he was informed of his Miranda rights, Miss Kelly later claimed he did not fully understand them. In 1996, the Arkansas Supreme Court ruled that Miss Kelly's confession was voluntary and that he did, in fact, understand his Miranda warning and its consequences. Portions of Miss Kelly's statements to the police were leaked to the press and reported on the front page of the Memphis Commercial Appeal before any of the trials even began. Wow. Shortly after Miss Kelly's first confession, police arrested Eccles and his close friend Baldwin. Eight months after his original confession on February 17th, 1994, Miss Kelly made another statement to police. His lawyer, Dan Stedman, remained in the room and continually advised Miss Kelly not to say anything. Miss Kelly ignored the advice and went into details of, on how the boys were abused and murdered. Stedman, who, Stidman, who was later elected to a municipal judgeship, has written a detailed critique of what he asserts were major police errors and misconceptions during their investigation. So now here's another odd thing that happened. So then Vic Vicki Hudson, she was a new resident to West Memphis. She ended up playing an important role in, in the investigation, although she did later recant her testimony, claiming her statements were also fabricated due to coercion from the police. So on May 6th, 1993, before the victims were found. She took a polygraph exam with Detective Don Bray at the Marion Police Department. So this was before everything had come out, but it was determined whether to determine whether or not she had stolen money from her employer. So it was completely unrelated, right? Okay. Her young son, Aaron, was also present. And she was he was such a distraction that Bray the cop was unable to administer the polygraph. Aaron was friends with the boys who later turned up murder. And he mentioned to the officer that the, the boys had been murdered near a playhouse. And then the bodies were later discovered. So Aaron's for further statements were wildly inconsistent. He was unable to identify Baldwin Eccles or Miss Kelly from a photo lineup and there was no playhouse at the air at the location Aaron indicated. A police officer leaked portions of Aaron's statements to the press, contributing 
to the growing belief that the murders were all part of a satanic ritual. Jesus Christ. Miss Kelly was tried separately and Eccles, Baldwin and uh, Eccles and Baldwin were tried together in 1994. Under the Bruton rule, which means that um, I actually pulled a section because I didn't know what that was. But it said um, to court, it was a court ruling which the court held that a defendant was deprived of his rights under the con- the confrontational clause if a confession of his co-defendant was introduced in a joint trial. So because Miss Kelly confessed and the other two didn't, yeah, the one couldn't be tried with the other two. Gotcha. So anyway, Miss Kelly's confession could not be admitted against his co-defendants. But there you go. Thus, he was tried separately. All three defendants pled not guilty. During Miss Kelly's trial, this dude, Richard, who was an expert on false confessions and police coercions and some professor of sociology, testified. This is why I had to watch this in sociology. Um, testified that the brief recording of Miss Kelly's was a classic example of poli- police coercion. Critics have also stated that Miss Kelly's various confessions were in many respects inconsistent with each other, as well as many particulars of the crime scene and the murder victims. For example, Miss Kelly stated he watched Damien rape the boys, Damien Eccles. Jesus. But the boys weren't raped. Right. Because I'm sure they're just leading his whole testimony. Yeah. So on February 5th, 1994, Miss Kelly was convicted by a jury of one count of first-degree murder and two counts of second-degree murder. The court sentenced him to to life plus 40 years in prison, and his conviction was appealed, but Arkansas Supreme Court affirmed the conviction. Three weeks later, Eccles and Baldwin went on trial. The prosecution accused the three young men of committing satanic murder. Mm. You know, the worst type of murder. Right. (laughs) Not satanic murder. You brought a fairy tale character into this. Mm, Now it's worse. (laughs) Satanic murder. And what's best is that everything that was written... The S in Satan is capitalized. Satanic murder. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah, because he's a guy. That's a a dude. On March 19th, 1994, Eccles and Baldwin were found guilty on three counts of murder. The court sentenced Eccles to death and Baldwin to life in prison. So, quick note. In 2011, after almost two decades in prison, the West Memphis Three agreed... To an Alford plea, which allowed them to proclaim Alford. Alford. Yes. A-L-F-O-R-D. Alford. Okay. Which allows them to proclaim their innocence while admitting to the prosecute, while admitting the prosecution has enough evidence to convict them. And they were allowed, they were released from prison. I do know about that. And I thought that was bullshit that that was, they even had to do it under any conditions. Yes. So now we're going to talk about a couple issues. And then I'll answer any questions. Okay. So Dana Moore is the mother of Michael Moore. Okay. So Michael Moore, obviously one of the victims. Right. She testified under oath at the trial that she saw her son Michael shortly after school ended at 3 p.m. She went on to say that her son was in and out of the house with Steve Branch on that day until she saw them for the last time riding bicycles at 6 p.m. with Branch and Byers. Dana Moore then testified that her daughter, Dawn Moore, was sent to go find Michael and bring them home for dinner. 
So Dana Miller's testimony has been accepted by law enforcement and the public for like 25 years, right? Yeah. However, in 2018, Don Moore appeared on the Truth and Justice podcast and completely contradicted it contradicted her mother's testimony. Oh. Don told the host that her mother was not even home that day after school. And uh, she never sent Dana out looking for her. That Dana never sent Dawn out, rather. Dawn added that her mother didn't even cook dinner that night, but instead the two of them went to dinner at a restaurant around 8 p.m. Dawn recalled that she last saw her brother and Steve Branch going to Robin Hood Hills after school at 4 or 5, well before her mother had returned home. Hmm. So if Dawn Moore is to be believed, then her mother blatantly lied to police and the jury during the trial about her whereabouts that day and seeing her son after school. But why would she lie? Right. Number one. And why did her daughter clearly remembers everything clearly? Why would she say she sent her daughter to do something? Why would she ask her daughter to lie for her? Right. Was it to portray herself in a better light? To be a better mother? Was she not trying to lose custody of her daughter too? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. The other glaring omission is the, is, is Terry Hobbs, stepfather of victim Steve Branch. He wasn't interviewed. At all. And everybody who knows anything about a murder case is that you look at the family first. The people closest, yeah. So he wasn't interviewed in the original investigation in 1993. Cool. It's common knowledge that that's how everything's done. But why it wasn't done has always been questioned. In fact, it was in... June of 2007 that Hobbs was finally interviewed. Wow. Yeah. Hobbs was fingered as a suspect in 2012's West West of Memphis after a hair was found at the crime scene that was genetically matched to him. Jesus Christ. And he's a, remember, he's a stepfather. Right. So there's no reason for genetic matches. Despite this evidence, no charges have been ever brought against Hobbs who still firmly believes that Echoes, Echoes, he's new, Echoes, Baldwin, and Miss Kelly are guilty of the murders. So now it's been 27 years, and no one else has been charged with, with the killings since the West Memphis Three have been released in 2011. And legally, Echoes, Miss Kelly, and Baldwin are still listed as killers. Wow. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Is like, did anybody, the one thing I didn't know is, like, did anybody else ever get charged? No. They ever... So the the two main suspects are um, the two stepfathers, actually. So it's uh, the the one guy that I just said his name and then I closed my thing and I forgot it. Hobbs. Yeah. And then the other guy's stepfather or adoptive father, maybe it was. Um, whatever, the other guy's father. So there's two different dads involved and neither one is Michael Moore's dad so it's the two the other two dads I feel like it's it's family is my point right and that would make the most sense yeah Uh, but if the the police hadn't gone in with their preconceived notions of oh this bad kid in the neighborhood Uh been caught shoplifting wears a trench coat like Slayer or whatever so yeah satanic panic in the bible belt yeah and it's just it's ridiculous. And I 
when I, so that's what, so that's what I was brought up, um, learning about in high school was like, look at this horrible shit that's happening. And then I thought me and my classmates were all on the same page that like religion is stupid and cops are bad. Like that's, <laughs> I, that's an oversimplification, but you know what I mean? Like. Right. So I thought we were all like in religion that, is stupid though. That part. But I not. thought we were all in that like question authority. Right. Like because that's clearly what my teacher was telling us. Right. Like my teacher was on what was that Jenny McCarthy show on MTV? Singled out. My teacher was a contestant on Singled Out. My sociology teacher. Like he was cool. You know <laughs> what I mean? So he he was teaching us. Like he's the reason I saw Empire Records for the first time. Like he showed us that in sociology. Like he was a cool teacher and he wanted to raise awareness for this case. Like he was, he was doing the right stuff. Catholicism seems like a cool religion. <laughs> okay. Listen. Well, the way I grew up, we couldn't have anything that was considered secular, like empire records. Okay. Let me tell listeners. Cause it turns out that our listener base is no longer our friends. Yeah. It's just people we don't know. It's a bunch of you guys we don't know. What's up, Matt? <laughs> because we've been, you know, we look at our data, and it turns out it's no longer locals. Oh, yeah. Except and, for, and like... Our, our Irish friend that listens to all my podcasts. What's up, Irish person? What's up, the one Irish person? So, in, in I Leinster, grew up... Leinster, Ireland. So, I grew up in... Um, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I need water. But I grew up in... Uh, a the the Catholic faith, and I also went to Franciscan high school. Yeah. So it was a little more lax. Yeah. Well, that, just the whole thing. So the whole thing, you know, I grew up Seventh-day Adventist, and I think this kind of uh, any sort of like almost like orthodox religion. I don't know if orthodox is the right word, but very dogmatic, uh, fundamentalist religion is what this was. And so their whole thing was, you know, live a good life, be a good person, follow in Jesus' footsteps or you go to hell. Catholicism seems to be do whatever you want, confess, go back to doing whatever you want. So that's way that's cooler. That's not what it's supposed to be, but that is what... That's what it seems the like. The church has turned it into. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's a shame. So anyway, <coughs> in sociology... <laughs> Are you dying? I think I might be. Don't die. Oh. So in sociology, though, he was, like, really into, like, educating us about the injustices, yeah. you know? And that's how I really got into true crime. And then our Borders books had that whole true crime section. Yeah. So I went there and I spent all my dollars. Right about. <laughs> and then your generation grew up and they... The women of your generation grew up and they love murder. Apparently. Yeah. So that wasn't really yeah. much of a, a thing back then. But yeah, it's a, even the, the private school I went to in high school uh, was, uh, and this was a very inexpensive private school, by the way. There's 100 kids in the whole school. It's not because it was exclusive. Um, but it was a Presbyterian uh, school. And they were the same thing, fundamentalist. Uh, uh, they they leaned towards uh, Calvinism, from what I remember. And 
but it was the same thing though it wasn't like there was no secular teaching whatsoever we didn't hear about real world anything everything tied into the bible basically if it was real world i do remember this i had uh uh the teacher he would put he would make us watch rush limbaugh whoa yeah wow and it was when clinton was president and they were you know it was like the monica Lewinsky thing and abortion was it like that's the real world stuff that how it tied into the you know the bible and stuff basically and what a fornicator bill clinton was and wow i was trying to kill your unborn baby that's that's the kind of stuff they didn't get into actual issues the secular stuff that we watched was like in you know this sean but in my new testament class we watched monty python on the holy grail which is amazing and it was led by the Franciscan friar named Tony, um, Father Tony. Father Tony. And he came in every day in his his Franciscan friar robes and his Birkenstocks. <laughs> and it was it was great. I always just think of the friar from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Dude, when I went, I've never seen that movie. What? Um, <laughs> God damn it. Dude, that was the year I got to like go back to the movies. <laughs> so. And I saw that in theaters. And that was the number two movie that year. I didn't know it was that big of a hit. But yeah, right behind Terminator yeah. 2, you had Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah, and I never saw it. And apparently, like, there was a really popular Brian Adams song from it. I fucking and, love that song, and bro. everybody would sing it at school. Yeah. I was in, like, fourth or fifth grade, and I was super left out because my mom listened to the country, <laughs> and it was so embarrassing. It's a, it's a very... This would appeal to the country crowd. Well, it, my mom didn't listen to it. And I was like always very left out. It was a out. ballad. Okay, well, she, it was didn't, a ballad. she didn't listen to it. Okay. Yeah. It didn't talk about Feed Jake because well, he was my, a good dog. My mom didn't listen to it either. And he was, he was, he was my best friend oh, right God. through it all. If I die before I wake, Feed Jake. Jake will be fine. He'll eat your corpse. So, Don't worry about Jake. <laughs> right. Don't worry about Jake. Just make sure he's in the room with your dead body. Right. He'll eat your face. Eyeballs first. <laughs> so Take your penis off. Oh, oh my. Apparently. Oh. That's the meaty part. Arg. It's nice. Easy to grab appendage. Uh, uh, <laughs> no bones. Uh, remember that one time I vomited on our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I tried to edit it out with elevator music. <laughs> Good time. Remember last night when you had painful hiccups and you woke me up with your hiccups? Yeah, I know they were so painful. And then I, I got rid of your hiccups for you. Yeah, that was really good. That <laughs> That's really right. Good. I can get rid of hiccups for people. Because I meditate, my... My uh, husband, who was sitting next to me, I don't know why I introduced him that way, but um, <laughs> hello there. You may he, remember me from such films as <laughs> you may remember him from this podcast. But he reached over and like touched my back and started talking to me in a soothing voice to put me into like a meditative state to visualize my hiccups going away, and it worked. So yeah, just that's a couple goals. In case I was curious, talk her through it. I gave her something to envision, and I, I told her how to breathe, and because uh, I learned, I mean, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but yeah. and I, I'm going to brag about it again, because I, I don't do a lot of amazing things, but I can stop my own hiccups just by thinking about it. Yeah, so, he, has, he has extreme mind control, and I've been I've been sick on and off for a couple of weeks, and like, not on and off, but my, my sleeping has been real bad, because of my breathing being bad, and he, uh, so my hiccups got crazy at like... 6 a.m. And he was just like, envision, blah, blah, blah. And I was immediately like, <laughs> zoom. Yeah, like, she did. I, she, could, I could just, I felt her, I had my hand on her back and I just felt her like, j just like all 
your tension just like left your body immediately. You just sunk into it like, oh, yeah, yeah. let's go. Let's do this. I love meditating. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things to do. You just got so relaxed. You're like, okay, let's, I, let's focus. Guided meditations are my absolute favorite thing to do. And these were like loud, painful hiccups. These were yeah. like cartoony hiccups. They, were, they hurt. And uh, yeah. The yeah. other thing that happened last night that was funny, though, is like sometimes you talk in your sleep, like when you're having <laughs> a dream or whatever. And a lot of times I can't even make it out. But I just remember one of the things you said, and I actually remembered it, remembered it, because I was pretty awake. A lot of times you'll say something in your sleep, and I'm like, oh, my God, i got to remember that, and I fall back asleep. And I'm like, fuck, you said something funny in your sleep, and I don't remember. But I remember this, and you said, you were like kind of fidgety, and then you said, feet in my socks. <laughs> and I just, I just thought that was such a weird way to talk about having socks on. <laughs> and I know you hate having socks. Like, you take your socks off in your sleep if you have socks on when I you go hate, to bed. I can't sleep in you'll socks. You'll take them off with your feet, not yeah. with your hands. Yeah. And then with my toes. So then I was just trying to figure out what you were talking about. But then I, for whatever reason, I pictured like disembodied feet in socks because it's the, <laughs> that phrase feet in so feet in my socks. This <laughs> is way like like you were looking for your socks and there were already feet in them. That would so, be so upsetting. And then like a few minutes later, I could you I could tell you were having a nightmare. So I had to like calm you down out of that. That's, it was probably about feet and socks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my nightmare. I was pushing somebody away from me. I like I woke up to pushing someone like forward like away from me huh yeah all right we're gonna get on to my stupid topic uh really phoning this one in guys because uh, i didn't know we were doing a podcast today i've been asking maggie <laughs> to do a podcast like every week he has the day's like half over i'm like falling asleep <laughs> and she's like i'm doing research for the podcast i'm like oh shit i guess i will too and then, like, I think it overwhelmed him because he was immediately like, I need to take a fucking nap. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, like, overwhelmed. I was like, oh, my God, I have work to do. I didn't know. Uh, so I, I was going to. I told him at, like, one o'clock. I got to I got to tell him, though, I was I was going to talk to you guys about a comic book character called Wolverine. <laughs> you may remember out, him from such episodes. As... Turns out I already did an episode about Wolverine. <laughs> it was on June 3rd, 2019. So, yeah, a little over a year ago. I already told you all about Wolverine, so that was upsetting. So I would really <laughs> like to talk about Wolverine again. <laughs> He's like, I really want to talk about Wolverine. Could you check to see if I've done that? So I went through our episodes, and it turns out, yes. So since it's uh, August and it's, you know, it's <coughs> Spider-Man month, Spider-Man debuted in August of 1962. Oh, my God. Did I not tell you how many episodes you've done about Spider-Man? It's at, like, six. <laughs> I thought... It, since, you know, we should celebrate Spider-Man's birthday, right? You're at six episodes about Spider-Man. You could have done a second. Are you saying second. I don't have anything? You could have done a second one about Wolverine. We're going to talk about a character called Cable. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. People already have turned off the episode. They're like, all right. If I have to hear Sean talk about fucking Spider-Man one more time. Did he just headbutt your microphone? Yes, he did. Jesus Christ. Sam just full on was just like, fuck this microphone. All right, so I'm going to talk about this other character, actually, that doesn't really have anything to do with Spider-Man. His name is Cable. You probably saw him in Deadpool 2, where they hyped him up to be the <coughs> villain, and then, ha, 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 he was not the villain. So I was so confused. Well, what's funny is, in the comics, the opposite was true. Cable, was already he'd been around for about a year. He was the hero in New Mutants, and then Deadpool showed up, and Deadpool was the bad guy. And then over time, that has, like, well, Cable's still been a good guy. But over time, Deadpool has become a good guy just due to his own popularity. Kind of like how they do with wrestlers. They go from heel to hero or whatever. 
No time flat. Terminator to Terminator 2. He goes from the bad guy to the good guy. Oh, you see Terminator 2? He's just like, thumbs (laughs) up, and then he goes into the thing. That's right. All right, so this character, Cable. His name is Nathan Summers. Yeah. Do you know who Scott Summers is? I sure do. Who is it? Cyclops. Look at you! Oh, this this podcast has been worth it. You are learning some shit. Mm, Or did you know that from the movie? fucking knew that from the movies from the movie you're paying that much attention it's impressive i'm not stupid all right so nathan summers let me say this about cable before i get into this he has a very confusing backstory that i am still maybe about 50 percent confident in what i'm saying here because it's so complicated because he's a time traveler and there's clones involved Wait, who is cable oh uh and I, I'm, I'm going, talking about Cyclops. <laughs> I'm, I'm going through. I'm going through, like Wikipedia and Marvel websites, I and I'm just was, like, I thought he was. I think I. I think I know his backstory. He, uh, yeah. He he's been. He's just the the whole thing with his powers, where he's from, when he's from, all that stuff just seems to change a lot. So I'm going to give you kind of like a little bit of an overview of why why you should care about Cable. All right. So he is the son of Scott Summers and Madeline Pryor. Right. Do you know who Madeline Pryor is? Yeah, it's Jean Grey's clone. Holy shit. Now, you do not know that from the movies, because Madeline Pryor has not been in the movies. I know that's real. That's right. Man, this is crazy. You're, like, learning and shit. This is, <laughs> I'm not wow. stupid. I didn't say you were stupid. I'm just surprised you're paying attention. Why would you pay attention to any of this? Uh, wow. Man, I'm just blown away. You know who Madeline Pryor is. Yeah. Holy shit. All right, so. Yeah. So he's born to them, uh, and he has a disease, so they send him off like 2,000 years in the future where they can cure his disease, but he can't come back until later. <laughs> I don't, for reasons. Comic reasons. He can't just time slide back, I guess. Even though his whole thing is that he's a time traveler. This is what I mean when I'm like, man, his or everything about this dude is so sketchy and weird. Right away. There's no consistency. Because you don't hear about this dude. Like, the gap between what his first appearance would be, which would be baby Nathan Summers, would have been January of 1986. And then, like, that's Nathan Summers. And then this cable guy shows up in January of 1990. Four years later. And at this point, the creators haven't even decided that that's who he is. His name is just Cable. They haven't decided that he's also Nathan Summers because that's how comic books work, apparently. Like back then, anyway, they just kind of like put shit together. I don't know. And then I guess I'll be their kid. Let's do that. And that was not the original idea, however. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's sent. Uh, he is from a possible future timeline. Great. Where he was sent and became a great warrior before returning, looking like an old giant wrestler. Uh, <laughs> dude, because this is the other thing, too, man. And I, I'm sure I talked about those when I talk about the Deadpool movies. But, you know, Josh Brolin is like 5'10". Right. You I love Josh Brolin. about this so much. I just Cable is six foot eight. Oh, that is a big difference. Yeah. I'm not talking like, oh, he's six two. Oh, it's that's fine. A big difference. Six foot eight, three hundred fifty pounds. E. This is a Dave Batista size character. Yeah, that's a big difference. Or even a CG character like Thanos, which Josh Brolin has been known to play. <laughs> he has been known to play it. Like he's been known to play it a lot. But it was a little disappointing to finally get Cable in a movie, and he's like 
shorter than me. So like, that makes what? sense why Deadpool made the comments. Dude, I'm going to show you a picture. Yeah, oh, no, please don't. I got to show you. Please like, don't look show at me how big this dude is. Where's my fucking photo app? Sorry. I get frustrated. <laughs> why, we, you need to sit up or something. You're dying. <sighs> like, look how big he is. Oh, he picture. is big. He's huge. Did you see how big Sammy? Look, I have a Sammy dog. I see. Oh, thank God. You're, please get up, Crowley. Hey, I'm listener. I have a Sammy dog. Like a pig because this dog will not get off me and I have like eight blankets on me. Like, look at look at this picture. Look, look how big he is. Like, I, I just love how giant Cable is. Hey, this translates great to radio. I've got to show you, though. So, like, I described him. So, I, I have another mm-hmm. podcast. Let me talk about that. I have a podcast called just Steve. so many podcasts. Steve Reads a Comic that I do so, with my buddy Steve and Rob. I, yeah, I see Brothers pictures. and friends. And uh, we're, we're next week going to be covering a cable story. And I sent them pictures of cable because I was trying to explain how big he is. And the way I explained it was he looks like the ultimate warrior ate the ultimate warrior. Right. But he's got white hair and then his guns are about almost as big as he is. And he's got a metal arm. Just had all these perfect 90s aesthetics that I just fucking loved. Just it was so great at the time. Anyway, so let's try to. Weave our way through his origin. All right. Created by Rob Liefeld, who also created Deadpool. We've talked about Rob Liefeld. I keep trying to like this guy, but he's the most arrogant son of a bitch in comics. I'm pretty sure. It's like he thinks of himself as like Stan Lee, you know, or Jack Kirby. But he's, have you seen him? Yeah. And he's a short little guy. And he's got a little patch of hair. He always wears flip flops. And he's got, like he said, the same hairstyle his whole life. And he's just arrogant as fuck. So arrogant that when Todd McFarland had a special made recently, a documentary about him called uh, like Hell I Won't, which you can view on uh, YouTube and I recommend it. Uh, when that got announced, Rob Liefeld Twitter started like bashing Todd McFarland like, oh, well, how many comics has he made recently and in the past 10 years? It's like Todd McFarland is doing quite well. And Rob Liefeld just sounds salty that his two most popular creations he does not own. Yeah. With, you know, Deadpool and Cable. Like he went on to make other stuff like Young Blood and Prophet and Blood Wolf and all these other characters and nobody cares about them. Exactly. And he just seems no one salty gives a about shit it. about anything Rob Liefeld does because Rob Liefeld is terrible. <laughs> he's not terrible. He's just he's, he's I an arrogant I, asshole. I don't mean as an artist. I mean as a person. Uh all right. I don't like him. All right, so his first appearance. This is the other reason that prompted me to do this. His first appearance, 1990, New Mutants number 87. I just got, I just purchased this. I am so happy about this. I've wanted that comic since I was probably about 1993 when I first heard of a Cable. When I first got into comics, 92, 93-ish, and he was always in Wizard Magazine. Always wanted it, so I finally got it. And for the long, until 1997, Cable was way more popular than Deadpool. Way more popular. Captain Uh So it wasn't until years later that I, I got into... Well, that's not true. I, I, I got into Deadpool kind of around the same time, but Cable was always like way cooler. But his first appearance was already like 100 bucks in 1992. Been around for like two years. It was upsetting because nobody saw that coming. Nobody knew New Mutants was going to take off when Rob Liefeld took over the artwork because he was not a known quantity at that point. Um... All right, so yeah, he 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 shows up. He time slides, as he puts it, which is just his way of saying time travel, I guess. Um, I'm a slide right in here, and shows up becomes 
becomes the leader of the New Mutants because the editor at the time wanted a new leader character for the New Mutants. That's a good reason. So about a year later, New Mutants ends with issue 100. And then the very next month, they start X-Force. Now, you might know X-Force again from the Deadpool 2 movie. Deadpool was not in X-Force. Cable was the leader of (laughs) X-Force. Domino was in X-Force. Deadpool was not. He was still a villain at this point. This is all weird stuff that they changed for the movie. He is still a villain. So who is? Deadpool. By the time X-Force? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he'd only been around for about three issues at that point. Hmm. (laughs) He'd existed for about three months. So Um, are you saying Peter wasn't in X-Force? He was not in X-Force, no. Rob, whatever his name is. What's that guy's name? Delaney. Rob Delaney, yes. Uh, Oh, I don't don't like that. I I could show you that picture again. That's a... that is that was X Force. All those people's like Feral and Shatterstar. Oh, you mean that group shot you showed yeah. me? No thanks. I don't like that. <laughs> uh, but again, Shatterstar was actually in. X-Force? Oh yeah, Rob Liefeld created Shatterstar. Of course he did. Yes, of course he did. Fuck him. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he was in X Force. Deadpool not. And again, Deadpool's not a leader. It's, it's weird to me that he's the one who starts X Force. Cable started X Force. That was like the what happened after New Mutants ended, basically. Uh, so he was, this character was huge in the 90s. So I'm mostly but it would have looked stupid if we they had Cable and whatever the shiny guy's name is and the guy in the The helmet. shiny guy. Talk about the Deadpool movie. Colossus? Yeah. Colossus was never an X-Force. Colossus well, was an about, X-Man. I'm talking about the movie. I know, and that's another issue I have, though, is, like, again, Domino and Cable are, like, the only... Well, and Shatterstar... Or like the only people who are actually in X Force. Now X Force changes over time, They're, just like X Men. Vanisher wasn't in it. And eventually, like I don't know, fifteen years later, Deadpool is in X Force, and so was Wolverine at one point. It all gets juggled around. What about that Vanisher joke? That's a solid joke. That <laughs> was a solid joke, and I'm not shitting on the movie. It was just again coming from the comic books. It was just it was weird all the liberty liberties they were taking with X Force. It's like Deadpool is not a leader. He would never start a group. This is dumb. Uh, I'm going to start a group. So he got his own uh, two-issue miniseries in 92. Then in 93, he got his first ongoing series that lasted uh, for about a little over 100 issues, like 106 issues, 107 issues, something like that. Um, so, yeah, and I'm just going to briefly touch on, like, all... So his whole thing is, like... In the, so what do you think Cable's powers are from Deadpool 2? Oh, he's strong. <laughs> is he strong? Okay. Um, that's it. <laughs> you didn't see him, anything else he was doing? That I mean, I know I've watched it a bunch of times. You probably haven't paid as much attention as I have, but they, they do show some of his abilities without explaining them. He can, like, pull his weapons back to him. He's telekinetic. Ah. Uh. Yes, that's what that is. I think a lot of people thought that was some sort of... Because, again, they don't explain it. That's his telekinesis. Yeah, he can, like, pull his shit back. And Oh, that's like when I used to try and move pencils on the desk. Yeah, everybody did that. The yeah. Jedi mind trick or whatever. Yeah, Not it mind trick, but it the Jedi doing Jedi powers. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Uh, Mine didn't anyway. All right, so he's telekinetic. That is one. So he has a metal arm. Why do you think that is? Oh, because he's got metal arms. Like, like, <laughs> like Jax <laughs> like, from Mortal Kombat. Oh, I was, yeah, I was thinking, yeah, like Hannibal Burst. Metal That's arms. what I was doing. That's what he says. Yeah. But why do you think he has a metal arm? Oh, because he went to the future, you know, he was sent away for reasons. Now he's back. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you, 
do you think he lost an arm or anything? Or like, what do you? I thought that he was sick and he went to the future for reasons. And now he's back and he has a metal arm. Well, the metal arm, you know, comic book logic is actually he has a techno organic virus. Yes. No shit. <laughs> no shit. Comic book reasons. So he has a techno organic virus that is always trying to take over his body. Yeah. What are you going to do? So what he actually does is he uses. I can't believe he's the only one who has this, though. I would think everybody would have it. <laughs> like well, you, COVID. No, it's like he's from like the year 3999 or something. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Reasons. Um, so what he the reason he doesn't use his telekinesis a lot, even though he's considered an Omega level mutant, is he uses his telekinesis to keep the techno organic virus. He's an Omega level mutant. Yeah, that's like the highest level mutant. Threat, oh, it basically. sounds like it. Yeah. OK. I, you can laugh, but you're going to retain this. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say, hey, Maggie, do you know any Omega level mutants? And you'll be, be like, like yes, I do. I sure, I sure do. Uh, so. So that's a techno organic virus that's trying you to take over the body. To anchor it into my memory. <laughs> I hate you for that. Anyway, oh. the, the techno virus trying to take over his body. So what he's always doing at all times is using his telekinesis to control this virus. Oh, so that would be exhausting. Yes. You're tired of me. So he's had like, to master so, his ability so to keep it from taking over his whole body. And then sometimes when it does like when he like loses control or he has to focus on something else all of a sudden that shit like he's he almost looks like colossus like the metal just starts taking over his whole body his arm starts growing it gets claws it's all fucking crazy so do you ever notice that like when you do your topic i'm like oh my god tell me more and then like when you do (laughs) oh my god tell me more (laughs) what do you do just do it like this the whole show (laughs) <laughs> do like a Muppet voice the whole time. So, but but like when I do my topic, you're just like, this is horrible. This is the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, that's just you. I think it just like kind of has to do with the topics at hand. Mine's kind of light like, and fun, this stupid is, shit. This is, I'll just, I'll just point out the dynamic. <laughs> I just think it's important. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not wrong. Like, you're not wrong. Look at, look at the sound waves for a recording. <laughs> when I'm talking, you are silent with the occasional, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that's it. Your topics are so depressing. But when you have topics, I'm like, Tama, I'm right there. I'm right there. I'm right there. Like, that's me. That's, that's you. That's me listening to your topic. And then you, you listen to my topic and you're just like, well, I, I can't. What made you think it was murder? That's you. Your topics are drab and depressing. I like to do this fantasy bullshit, nonsense shit that I'm don't just... matter. It's so much more fun. It's so fun that it draws you right into it. <laughs> I am weak minded when it comes to shit like that. I get sucked into everything. That's not true. I put on some things you don't get sucked into. Um, all right. So that is one of his powers. He is telekinetic. He can actually do that. He can actually move buildings with it if he's not focused on it. Like, he's very powerful. I've tried. It doesn't work for me. He's also telepathic. Oh. Yeah. He's got telepathy as well. I didn't see him using that at all. Right. So the other thing you probably saw in the movie, do you remember when Cable would uh, deflect bullets? Like, that little shield would come up? Oh, yeah. That's a psionic projection. That's not a device. That's part of another one of his mutant powers. He can... Horribly explained in the movie. Not explained at all. 
So yeah. So yeah, the, that's that's <laughs> another one. He's saying horrible. Yeah, he, it's not explained at all. But that that shield he's projecting, like people probably think, it, you know, it comes from his I arm can't, or whatever. I came from his like fucking like Game Boy wristman thing. Right. No. He that's just something he can do with his his uh, mutant abilities. So very very powerful mutant. And again, they he didn't get his due in Deadpool two. Is what I'm trying to say. The Omega level. Uh, and most recently in the comics. Cable was killed. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. And Who kills Omega mutants? Uh, young Cable killed old Cable. So now the current Cable is a kid. And because he's a time one, traveler. That's one way to reboot a character. <laughs> right. So and there's been instances where Cable comes into contact with other Cables from other timelines. Mm, so that's yeah. not unheard okay. of. Okay. That's okay. not unheard of. Yeah. Okay. But this time it was a kid cable who killed him because the reason he killed him basically is because his whole mission has always been to fix the timelines and he's failed miserably. So the kid's like, you, you suck. <laughs> I'll handle it. <laughs> so he killed old cable. Well, he's not wrong. He killed the 616 cable, I should say. He's not wrong. Yeah. Now, so. It, so w when you kill the 616 cable, do you become the 616 cable? Yeah, pretty much. I think so. He'll probably be back. It's comic books. Who fucking knows? Or he'll just age rapidly or I was going to say, why would you come back if you just assume that identity? I, I don't know. It's, so did, it's because of sales is what it comes which, down to. It's speaking sales. of which, I have a question. Yes. Now that you've roped me into this conversation. <laughs> so did Lady Thor keep the title in Lady Thor? No, she was just Thor. Okay. Well, that's what I meant. Is she Thor now? No, she died. Oh, she's dead. She had cancer. Well, that's what happens when you try to take someone else's name. <laughs> no, what happens is sales go down. <laughs> <laughs> so they give you cancer. <laughs> so they're like, we got to give Thor back his shit. <laughs> Thor, it turns out, is not a title like Captain America. It's actually a person's name. Yeah. So Jane Foster can't just be Thor, even though they're going to do that with the movie. So, uh, so Natalie dumb. Portman is going to. So dumb. Yeah. Uh, Thor is not a title. Thor is a name. Like, I'm not going to just become Sean Isley. <laughs> like, ah. You did and for then, Halloween that one and year. The, that was funny. You had a burnt cork beard and everything. Yeah. Um, that was funny. But anyway, I've loved Cable since since the 90s. I think he's kind of an overlooked character. He was underused in Deadpool. I think Josh Brolin did a great job. I thought the character design was actually cool, but again, he's just tiny. And he's also known, again, for the ginormous guns. They kind of did that, but his guns are also futuristic. Like, his gun was literally made out of guns you find in the modern world and he added some knobs from a, a Gibson guitar from what I could tell or yeah there was the, the knobs on it were from a guitar or an amp or something what yeah in the movie uh, but yes uh, he hasn't gotten his due and I'm hoping now that Marvel owns all the X-Men stuff again and I, I am still psyched for whatever they're going to do with the X-Men I can't wait to see a new Wolverine I hope they give Cable his own movie they gave Ant-Man a fucking movie they can give Cable his own movie. I will never get over the fact that Ant-Man has two movies. And I was telling somebody that the other day. Where you I were on your podcast. So Sean has, okay, Sean has, Sean has three podcasts now. And I'm about to start my second one. I was supposed to start a second one with Esty, but that didn't happen. So now I'm starting one by myself. And, and I'm going to heckle you. For my business. So no, you're not. I sure am. So, just like you do on my Steve Reads a Comic. <laughs> so Sean started Steve Steve Reads a Comic with the Rockos, and he I didn't leave the room for this last one. 
and my headphones, my computer actually rebooted, so I had to hear him, and I just sat there and fucking heckled him the whole time. I couldn't help it. She's very supportive. Very supportive of my endeavors. You should have heard him, dude. He was just like, if someone had told me there would be that bad comic, I'd be like... And I talk just like this. And Maggie's over there going, (laughs) no one talks like that in this house. Uh, but yeah, if you had told me there would be two successful see, Ant-Man see, see movies. He's like, if you told me. There were two successful Ant-Man movies and they can't nail down a decent Superman movie. I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Get the fuck out of here. No. Two Ant-Man movies, but they can't get a decent Superman movie. Bullshit. But here we are. I agree. Superman is a garbage character. That's not. That's false. He is my least favorite of all the superheroes. <laughs> he is. What about Matter Eating Lad? You'd rather see a Matter Eating Lad movie? I love Matter Eating Lad. He's my favorite. He eats matter. Yeah, it's what it sounded like. <laughs> I also eat matter, so it works out. <laughs> like, it reminds me of that character from Futurama. What's that little guy's name? Nibbler. Nibbler. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, nah, I... Uh, I do not like the Supermans. But yeah, Sean's over there and he's like, if you had told me, and I was just like, Trump is president, what are you talking about? Do you know Again, how many things? If you told me Trump was president, there are two Ant-Man movies, and there's there's no good Superman movies, I've been like, false. What's option B? Because <laughs> that's, like, that's not the future that's coming up. I don't believe you. There's so many things that are unbelievable happening right now. It's like, right. oh, and the president's cutting fucking Medicare or whatever. Like, okay. I'm just I'm just going to let it all go. <laughs> I'm just going to pretend like this isn't happening. All right, this is a really long episode. So it's because we, we missed everybody. We missed so much. <laughs> Maggie does voices now. <laughs> man, I just started in the last 20 minutes. <laughs> All right, I guess we're gonna go. Sean well, says that's we abrupt. have to. Well, well, Sean said we have to go. We got more to say, man. Get it out. Let's hear it. You want to talk about cable some more? I was working on my voices. I was working on my. <laughs> What's your cable voice sound? I'm like? working on my Type Five for the Comedy Store. <laughs> <laughs> What's your cable voice sound like? Let's hear it. Oh, I don't have one. Is it really gruff? All my voices sound pretty much the same. They all sound like, "Hi, I'm Sean." I do this really great voice. I go, "My name's Sean." I do that all the time. She literally does. She I just do, sits. I do that all the time. I, look at this dog. What is happening? <laughs> uh, anyway, she does this voice. This dog just stood up on me like this a dog fucking, just got up on two like legs. a seal. Yeah, something. he just got up on two legs and like threw a, all his a, weight back that, into, into Sean's armpit. Uh, but yeah, she'll sit it. I'll just, I won't even be in the room sometimes and I'll just hear, my name's Sean. <laughs> She's just mocking me <laughs> as if I, first of all, as if I just go around telling people my name. And secondly, like I would do it in a voice anywhere close to that if I did. But I, I do it all the I time. I don't just walk around. <laughs> I do it all the time. However, I will say that sometimes because she, she does it so much, she's been doing it for so long. I will hear that in my head. <laughs> I my do name's Sean. I do it all the time. It's like it's like my little taunt. It's like if you're playing video games, it'd be like the A button taunt. It's like, my name's Sean. I do yeah. it all the time to him. I don't know why. So again, uh, you know how it started? A very supportive partner. But I love you very much. You are the best. <laughs> my name's Sean. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. That's I don't know what's wrong with me. I get rid of her hiccups. She taunts me incessantly. That's our dynamic. I don't, I don't taunt you incessantly. That's pretty incessant. Uh, um, all right. So let's wrap this up by saying check out the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Uh, check out um, season three of Selling Sunset. 
Christine's no. wedding, she has snow. You want to watch cool. a bunch of fucking arrogant, self-absorbed cunts fucking nag each other, basically? They don't nag each other. They talk about each other behind their back. All right, and talk then, shit and about each they, other and, and sometimes they to get their faces. Up, yeah, and then they get up in each other's faces. It's, it's Fucking insanity. hate that shit. It's just nuts. That's how Maggie chases me out of the room. And I leave the room and I just stomp out and I'm like, my name's Sean. <laughs> That's Sean. He's like, my name's Sean. <laughs> and he stomps out. That's it. One step with each syllable. My name's Sean. All right. Bye. Bye.